Hey everyone, and welcome to the South Carolina Grower Exchange Podcast. Every week, agents, specialists, and growers from around the state chat about what's happening in the field and discuss the latest crop weather, insect, disease, and weed issues, as well as timely reminders and information related to fruit and vegetable production in South Carolina. Remember, you can read weekly field updates and register for upcoming events by visiting the SC Grower blog at scgrower.com. All right, morning everybody, and thanks for getting on this morning. Um, it's kind of a dreary day in Aiken and probably in some other parts around the state, but let's just go around and start with the field update. It's, uh, what is today, March 16th? And um, I'll start with the Aiken-Edgefield area. A lot of progression in the peach trees. We were probably at 30 to 40% bloom in some of those early varieties at the beginning of the week last week. And by Friday, we we're probably at 90% bloom. Just those warmer temperatures, a little bit above average, really pushed everything to open. So that's okay. It's a good thing. Um, we did have those colder temperatures, but everything looks like it's going to be all right for right now. Just hoping we don't get any late, really hard freezes. Um, some of those later varieties are still lagging behind, but I think we're, we're on track right now. Everything looks really pretty, so it's the time of year that newspapers and television reporters and all that stuff call and want a good story on the peach crop, but we still just don't know. We've pretty much got to wait and see if we get an Easter freeze, but hoping for the best. Um, strawberries are looking really good. Again, probably the first of April is when all of my guys are looking to open up with the exception of a couple growers who just had some hiccups in the early season mainly wet conditions in the field that just delayed them some, but everything else is looking good and on track. Um, a lot of starts are growing in the greenhouse right now and people are getting ready to start transplanting some things out a little bit early. Um, potatoes, potatoes were already planted and they're starting to come up um in Aiken so things are looking pretty good right now we have a few days of some rainy weather ahead but I don't think anything's going to be like a washout so just some cooler temperatures and leveling back out to normal instead of that above average closer to 80 so that'll be good to kind of slow down the progression of things Rob what you got going on in your area very similar to you, Sarah. Um, in terms of strawberry crops, with flower development and fruit set looks very good. We are starting to pick up a few thrips in, in places. Uh, so we're beginning to think about treatments for those using either a, set, a setamiprid or potentially spinatoram. Thinking about bee safety as well, making sure we're applying those products later on in the evening after the bees have finished foraging. Other pests and disease-wise in strawberries, we're looking very clean. Uh, peaches, probably up to 100% bloom right now in places, uh, even on the later varieties, with the earlier varieties starting to, to drop off again. 
it looks like we've survived any freeze activity from those as well. Um, so we're just keeping an, keeping an eye out, seeing what's good, seeing where we go from here. With regard to uh, melon crops, plastic's been laid and crop, the land is now ready for planting. With watermelons looking going in first week in April and potentially some cantaloupes going in as seed this week. Asparagus is starting to come to market and any other so the remaining fruit crops, things like blueberries, are well into bloom. And again, it looks like we escaped any damage from the, from the cooler temperatures last week. So looking very positive right now. And long may that continue. That was a very happy update. That's good. That's what we want to hear every week. Everything's looking good. That's great. Justin, how about the Midlands? And everything's looking great here too. Uh, it is a little chilly out there today. Um, it's in the 40s at my house still right now. But it's supposed to warm up, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, strawberries have progressed a ton in the last week or so. Uh, we've got a bunch of blooms and a bunch of green fruit on now. And we might see some red fruit within the next week or so here. Um, uh, with the weather getting wet again, we do expect to see a lot of disease development over the next week or so. Um, so got a little screenshot on the blog there about um, site-specific fungicides that work well on botrytis. Definitely recommend putting one of those out right now um, since we've got so much moisture back in the air and the temperature is gonna be perfect for spore production again. Um, now is also a really good time for tissue sampling. So we've got a little video up on the SC grower about how to properly tissue sample also. Um, also make sure when you're filling out those forms to do the nitrate nitrogen and the orchard leaf analysis. And that'll tell you pretty much everything you need to know to hone in your uh, fertilizing program there. Uh, that's about it on strawberries. We're still planting some brassicas and they're looking pretty good. Uh, ones that were in the ground already for a couple of weeks have jumped a lot in the last uh, several days. So those are looking pretty good too. Haven't seen a whole lot of caterpillar pressure yet. Um, seen very few spider mites in strawberries. So insect pressure right now overall is low. That's about it. All right, Bruce, how about over in the PD? Well, just to, uh, to I guess, sort of um, agree with uh, with Justin, the, the uh, strawberries are really starting to take off. Uh, you know, really setting a lot of flowers, a lot of fruit. Um, they're really, uh, really looking good right now. Um, very few problems. Not. Uh, been scouting for uh, for mites and thrips, but uh, but not really seen anything yet. So um, uh, and surprisingly, very little disease. Uh, did see a little bit of botrytis, and you know, with the warmer temperatures, uh, definitely expecting to see that uh, you know starting to jump. But um, as far as blueberries, uh, blueberries are are um, are really starting to move as well. Uh, most everything is is uh, at least starting to bloom to some degree, having actually having uh, open corollas. 
Um, so uh, some of the rabbit eyes are like, you know, just starting, just really coming into, into full bloom, probably like five to 10%. Um, couple of couple of locations, uh, maybe, you know, 10 to 15%. Uh, high bush are, are out uh, further, which we, we would expect that. Um, Star, uh, O'Neill, some of the earlier varieties, um, you know, probably more like, uh, you know, around 30, 35%, 40% uh, blown. So they're, they're really starting to get on out there. The um, got uh, um, a couple of cold nights coming up next week. Um, you know, so it's, it's, we're gonna be right there on the border of whether, you know, whether we need to be doing frost protection or not. Uh, I've been telling a lot of my growers, it's like, uh, you know, know your, the on-site temperature versus what the forecast is. If you tend to, to, to um, trend a little lower than what the forecast is, then plan on doing some frost protection. If you tend to, tr to trend a little higher and the temperature, uh, the forecast remains pretty much what it is right now and they really don't adjust it, um, you know, you may be able to get by with it, uh, you know, with, without uh, having to do frost protection. But um, everything else is um, looking good. We're finally starting to dry out, uh, you know, before this rain moving in. So um, a lot of folks were able to, to, to get some, some, uh, some land prep. But um, so far, everything's looking pretty good. All right, sounds good. Carrie, what's happening in the upstate? We're, we're pretty slow right now still. We're about two weeks behind everybody else. Um, so I have a couple strawberry growers that are looking towards mid-April as far as beginning harvest versus y'all in the middle and lower part of the state at the beginning. Um, but looking so good for us this year. So I'm super excited. Um, people really just coming into bloom, we're probably in the 10 to 15%. Um, everything popped this last week um, with the warmer temperatures, um, but we didn't have anything leading up to that. So it was really last week has been it kind of get things going for us um, right now. Um, and I think Saturday, Saturday night is when we're supposed to get a little bit cooler again. So there is a potential um, for some damage. So I think some of the strawberry growers might be needing to do some covering frost protection of some sort. Um, and then as far as most of our growers here are market growers um, doing smaller uh, management styles. So most of them have not put anything in yet. Um, some of the cool crop, cold crops, um, but a lot of field prep last week because it was gorgeous finally. Um, so we're just, like I said, we're kind of skating along. We haven't, you know, we haven't seen really any amount of insect pressure um, just because last week was our first warm temperatures to even get anything coming out. So kind of hoping we'll. Okay. Thanks, Gary. Zach, what's happening in the low country? 
Um, things have brought out. Um, everything's looking good in the field. You know, people are busy planting. We're harvesting a lot of uh, winter stuff. Um, still coming in some radishes and carrots and beets and that sort of thing. Um, Judson and I went and looked at some strawberries in Orangeburg County uh, last week. And I don't know that I've ever seen like that load up of uh, flowers and crowns. I mean, it literally looked like the strawberry plants are gonna explode. I mean, I, I would like to see them this week to see how much they've grown in one week. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Uh, we saw some uh, varietal differences in growth styles and the way they looked. And also the biggest thing the grower pointed out to us was he had a crew and he kind of turned his back on the crew for a few hours and they planted a section of strawberries and Justin can attest to this, they are night and day different. Um, you know, the ones that he was on top of the crew and made sure they planted them right and, and, and filled in the dirt and, and took their time. I mean, they're unbelievably beautiful. And the ones where, you know, you kind of left for a little while, I mean, they're terrible. I mean, they're some of the worst looking berries I've ever seen. And the only difference is, you know, he just wasn't standing over the top of them when they planted. So, you know, I knew that that was a big deal in strawberries, but I'm a believer now that that's unbelievably um, important. We've all talked about uh, frost dates, and I just finished a talk uh, for the botanical gardens, but, and we can put a link to it on the blog, but um, Clemson has the 50% and the 10% frost dates in the spring and the fall uh, for a bunch of uh, cities all over the state. So the 50% frost table is the um, chance 50% chance of frost after that date in the spring and the fall. And the 10% table, if you're, um, you know, a little less of a gambler, um, that's when, you know, there's a 10% chance that you're going to get a frost or 90% chance that you want, you won't get a frost. So that's pretty interesting to look at and find your city and, and kind of see where you are along there. A lot of um, mid-March and April, early April and mid-April dates on there. So we're getting to the point where, you know, it's, it's around that time where you can almost forget about frost, but we're not quite there yet. Matt, you got anything that you'd like to share with us this morning? Um, yeah, sure. So now's the time, especially in the Midlands or upstate, we've already passed the period in the coastal areas where crabgrass is really popping. So if you're in a scenario where you can get pre-emergent herbicides, now's the really the time to do it because you're gonna have a lot of crabgrass uh, germination for the next month. Then after that, probably depending where you are, more goosegrass and, and barnyard grass. Um, I guess uh, in like for brassicas, trifluralin is a really good uh, compound for for crabgrass. Uh, it's it, you have post-emergent herbicides uh, available as well. So it's, it's not the most problematic weed, at least in conventional production, but um, it's, it's always good to try and get a weed early in the season so you, know, you don't have escapes and build up the weed seed bank. And then I also um, wanted to, to mention um, submitting with uh, Michael, Dr. Plumley and Mike Marshall, a, a, um, a grant to the specialty crop, uh, I think it's the, the South Carolina Department of Agriculture specialty crop block uh, proposal that's going to focus on uh, uh, obtaining a, a weed zapper 
or the specific uh, model, I think it's like the Annihilate or something. It's, it basically uses a electrified bar to kill weeds and actually trans, it's able to, if any escapes in say like a sweet potato field and you know aggressive pomerameranth that it can translocate down to the roots and kill it. So the grant's basically focused on obtaining the um, weed zapper and then we built in um, uh, a couple thousand dollars for agents to travel to Blackville and um, see the see the demo and um, be able to kind of uh, understand how it works and what conditions it works best and and how to use the the machine. I guess currently there, there's you know looking at their um, the weed zapper site. There's been a lot of trials in the Midwest, um, you know, focused in both organic agriculture and then herbicide you know, resistant controlling herbicide resistant weeds. Uh, but there really hasn't been much uh, trialing. I don't know anyone who has the weed zapper in South Carolina. If you all do, please let me know. But um, you know, there really hasn't been much work done with the weed zapper in South Carolina, and that's really the focus of this grant. So just wanted to let you know that it would include um, you know, eight, like, uh, funding for uh, agents to travel to, to Blackville and be able to get experience with the machine if it gets funded. Thank you. All right, thanks. Brian, you got anything going on your way this morning? No, we just finished up writing a bunch of grants, but as far as, uh, other than that, I mean, as far as on the station, like, like Zach said earlier, we've got local farmers that are um, harvesting some of their winter stuff, and then some of them will keep that going for a while. Um, we prepared all of our fields for our our spring brassica crops. Um, and most of most of the brassicas have been planted already in the state, um, the bigger fellas. Um, but we're preparing for our our heat tolerant broccoli um, and field day. Hopefully, we can have that uh, somewhere in um, late April, mid May time. And um, it's going to be like I said, it's going to be um, We'll have broccoli, mustards, turnips, basically all your brassicas and leafy greens, um, all varieties that are promising PI lines from the USDA, as well as compared to some modern release lines from seed companies. Um, so I'm hoping to have a full, like a regular field day that I can pay for, like, you know, with lunch and all that kind of stuff. Zach, you could help with me on that, you know, potentially. Um, I also plan on hopefully if we, if we have a, if we don't have a, hopefully we'll have a field day, in-person field day on the station. Um, and I've got something special set up for watermelons on that day um, um, and cantaloupe. But uh, we're going to be planting corn uh, Monday. Um, I've got six varieties, three whites, three yellows, three bicolors. And um, I'm going to um, split them. I'm going to grow half of them like organic. Uh, nutrition and half of them with the synthetic nutrition and just see that's for the corn boil for the exercise just to see and I have three planting dates of that so just to see if there's a taste difference in fertility you know um, with that um, everything else is on track you know given the weather uh, hopefully we don't get too much rain this week and if not then we can go ahead and pretty much get everything ready to go in the field in the next couple weeks and that's about it All right, thanks, sounds good. A uh, couple just kind of 
coming down to the wire reminders on some classes or webinars coming up. The um, I believe registration is still open for the um, Strawberry School webinar series. There's one coming up on Thursday, the 18th. Um, and then there's also on the 24th, um, Justin's going to do advanced diamond diamondback moth management. So you can go on the SC Grower blog and look under the upcoming events to register for all of those upcoming classes that we have. And then also on the blog, there's a link to a survey that our agribusiness team is doing. Um, they're trying to, I guess, capture any positive or negative effects that COVID-19 has had on um, market farms and growers. So it says that it only takes seven minutes to fill out the survey. Um, doesn't sound too bad, but just trying to get a glimpse of the impacts that COVID has on that. So something to check out and fill out if you have seven minutes of spare time in the coming weeks. Anybody got anything else going on? Any other upcoming things, classes? Sarah, I was just yep. going to say, I, Zach, I pulled up that, um, the frost date form with the 10% and the 50%. And y'all making me feel guilty that, the, that there's like nothing happening right now for us. But I looked at the 10% chance as far as the frost date for Charleston is March 14th. Right? So right now, for Wahala, the 10% chance is May 5th. <laughs> so I kept, I was like, wait a minute, why am I feeling so guilty? I don't need to feel guilty. We, they don't need to be putting stuff in. I'm telling them no. It's just, I just think it's crazy how like, like how different, it, I mean, that's a month and a half. Yeah, that's a big difference. I mean, we're, our tomatoes are blooming and putting on little fruit that time of year. It's crazy. It's, it's 43 right now. I'm used to being back in South Carolina from being in North Carolina. And I still, I get confused on when we put stuff in the ground. I'm like, wait, is this, are we messing up? Are we doing this too early? But now I tend to put things in way too late because I got used to putting things in so early in North Carolina. So I get really like, I have to really stop and think about it. Yeah, I was just, I didn't, I, I always think of it as a couple weeks, like two, three weeks behind, but I was surprised that it was that far as far as what their official. Yeah, it's handy to look at the chart sometimes, especially if you're working with different areas, but, and temperature change is so weird too, like, when we have those cold temperatures, I mean, even in our area, like I guess the around Edgefield County, the, the ridge area is a strange place anyway, but like our temperatures could range from 24 to 32 in just a few miles. And I guess 
it's just odd how big of a difference there is, especially across the state, but even in such a small area too. And just, just to give you all an update, the weather station project, um, I need to talk to you all about this, but um, I think we're gonna do a pilot phase where we put 12 stations out. Um, and so each one of us will probably be getting one to use in the pilot phase. And these stations are gonna talk to each other and um, hopefully you know, they'll be affordable enough to where growers wanna get linked into the network and you could have one you know, on, on different farms in every county. Um, but they'll probably, you'll probably see something in the next couple of weeks about getting one um, for, for, our, for your area. So I'm kind of excited about that, see how it plays out. Yeah, we've put several um, weather stations in in the past few months um, from grants. The, some of the peach team specialists have gotten and we're still kind of working out the kinks and setting them up and everything. But hopefully when we get all those set up, they'll, anybody will be able to access them and they'll be spread around the several different areas. I know that um, HAHA's putting some around Edgefield County and then some in the upstate too. So it'll be good just to have some extra, good to have all stations to look at. Cause again, everything reads so different. And if you're in a little pocket with a microclimate, it's good to have something that's reading accurate information close by. So that's always good. The more you know, better you can prepare. But. All right, well, thanks everybody for your updates for the week. I appreciate it.